This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning, Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida. By golly, on a kind of a fall day, it's in the air, I can tell you that. It was definitely a cool night last night. Some windows opened, by golly, for the first time in a long time up here. But here we are in the Manly Warthog Man Cave in the Melvin Law Studio. Melvin Law, the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators, and protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention, and brought to you by on-the-spot cleaners and Poser MD, uh, Ocasio Allstate, et cetera, et cetera. I'll leave somebody out if I try it now. And great co-host today, my partner, uh, when I'm not around, he flies co-pilot and takes over very nicely. Uh, it's a great to have him with us always. I, it's really, uh, a tough job to do this. It doesn't look tough. If you're doing it right, it looks easy, but you got to know what you're talking about. You got to be on the ball. And certainly Tim Martin is that he is not only a Newberry city commissioner, but he's also the chair of the Alachua County Republican party. Uh, we've come on together today to talk about a big event that I'm uh, listening all ears with Tim on is the black tie blue jean. Black tie blue jean is a really after a Reagan, I think, event, but I'm going to let Tim take you down memory lane and we'll talk about it a little bit. And we got some other breaking news. Uh, Senator Feinstein has died. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit, what that might mean. Uh, but right now we're going to talk about the black tie blue jean, whatever else Tim wants to talk about. Good morning, Tim. Great to see you. Hey, good morning. Um, pleasure to be here. Yes, we got some great uh, uh, speakers coming up for the Black Tie and Blue Jeans event. The tickets are going on sale today at com. So I encourage everybody to go over there as soon as possible because it will sell out. I'm very confident it'll sell out because we have none other than South Dakota Governor Christy Nome coming into our event, being our keynote speaker. And a little bit later in the show, I'm going to have another announcement for another very uh, high-profile speaker that's going to actually join us as well. But we're real excited about having uh, the South Dakota governor. You know, she was very instrumental uh, during the COVID lockdown, choosing liberty and freedom over the government mandates, much like our uh, beloved governor, Ron DeSantis, uh, did as well. And, uh, you know, she's really kind of on the short list of potential VP running mates. So uh, we're so over the moon about being able to have her in. And uh, honestly, I don't want to take any of the credit. Uh, all the credit goes to Congresswoman Kat Kamek, who uh, <laughs> who had the, the hookup, as the kids say, uh-huh. uh, to, to, to bring her into town. We just had to make arrangements to try to get her here. But uh, we couldn't be more thrilled about uh, this year's keynote speaker for the 21st annual Ronald Reagan Black Tie Blue Jeans at the Legacy Center up in Alachua. Beautiful Alachua. The good life community. That's the way we like to talk about it. Well, you know, Absolutely. South Dakota, Dakota is God's country. Um, used to be out that way. Of course, uh, 
skiing in those mountains, not up in the South Dakota, but that whole Western world is rather conservative, wouldn't you say, Tim? It, it, it is. I think it probably mirrors the, uh, you know, um, North Central Florida a lot. And actually, when I was talking with her assistant earlier this week, uh, you know, she <laughs> uh, she said, you know, the governor's going to be so excited that she can wear jeans to an event. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was pretty poignant, but it is the the uh, of course the Mount Rushmore state, uh, great for tourism and that sort of thing. I've actually never been to Mount Rushmore. Have you ever been there? Never have. Oh, okay, all right. I, I mean, I certainly look forward to do it. And uh, curiously, I think South Dakota is kind of a victim of their own creation as well because of this whole idea that people actually can choose for themselves when they have education. Uh, they are seeing an influx of population as well. I don't know if they've gotten enough to to bump up to another house seat like Florida was be able to do last year uh, during the census, but uh, they have certainly gotten a few headlines talking about their population growth, and right, rightfully so. Uh, people certainly can make those choices for themselves. The, uh, the Constitution is not dispensed in times of emergency, despite what the North or the New Mexico governor would like us to all think, but... Uh, we we can make those choices, and I think uh, the Governor Nome really highlights uh, that attitude among Americans and what really founded this country. You know, the Black Lab Blue Jeans got great food, too, and uh, it's, an, it's just a pleasant experience to get together and see people. And you know what's amazing about it, um, uh, Tim, is that you realize, you look across the room and you say, oh, golly, I didn't know that was a Republican. You know, there are people who, who <laughs> yeah. this is their event to reveal themselves is more than you think there are. I've always been amazed at that. Oh, geez, look at Molly over there. I thought she was a dyed in the wool yeah. Democrat, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, no doubt. We've got uh, by voter roll capture, there's about 45,000 uh, here of, uh, of us behind the Iron Curtain of uh, liberal in uh, Marxist Alachua County, but uh, there are, uh, it's sort of the, the few but mighty, I will say, here in Alachua County, because it's not always, uh, you know, what's going on in Gainesville. If you get out into the, the perimeter of the county, uh, there's a great number of well-meaning folks that uh, just kind of want to be left alone. Uh, those are the sorts of people that we try to cater to for this uh, this event. And, you know, I, I apologize uh, on, on the ticket price, but we do have uh, expenses to cover. And this is a fundraiser. Uh, we try to get some money in the bank for the upcoming uh, election cycle. And this this event sort of kicks off the uh, 2024 election cycle for us. So we want to get some money in the bank to help out these local candidates. Uh, we, we've got a strategy uh, that we're wanting to implement, and it all takes money and members. And this sort of uh, fills the the, the money sort of side of the equation, I guess you could say. And it's not limited to uh, uh, just uh, Republicans. A Democrat may purchase tickets, correct? Yeah, we do try to open it to the to the public. Uh, you know, certainly we don't need people in there who are just there to stir up trouble. Right. Uh, but if you're if you're one of those kind of fence riders, so to speak, and you really want to see it and hear it directly from the horse's mouth, as we say, uh, you're you're welcome to join us as long as you're not going to uh, you know be one of those disruptive folks or anything like that. Uh, same thing with independents. You know, part of our strategy is to really go after those uh, independents uh, going into the 24 election. Uh, they are really sort of the uh, the tipping point, I guess you could say. And now that we have single member districts, 
uh, implemented. I think just their vote uh, sort of gets kind of magnified or the value of their vote sort of gets magnified because you're you're drawing from a smaller pool. Uh, so your impact actually can can increase uh, even more in the 2024 uh, uh, the cycle. And I will remind everybody that the presidential preference primary is actually coming up on March 19th. So we have an extra election and an election extra voting cycle this year because each party will decide their party's representative. So we're kind of trying to decide who's going to go to the finals in November. And we do that on the presidential race only in March. So on March 19th, we'll all go to the polls. Everybody who is affiliated and associated with a party uh, votes for the candidate who will move on to the general. So uh, that election, again, takes place March 19th. And that way, you know, going into the summer months, that's when both uh, of the major parties and the uh, the not major parties actually have their summer nominating cycle. So they go through the theater of actually nominating the and the legalistic side of actually nominating the party. That's where you see those big things, uh, big celebrations go on at the arenas and those sorts of things. So uh, voting on March 19th for the presidential candidate in your party. They move on to the general in uh, November, and then we'll have all of those other local primary races uh, for the state house, uh, for all the uh, state level uh, uh, elections, like the state senator, or I'm sorry, the the U.S. senator for the state. Excuse me. So all those primaries will be in August, as they traditionally are, and the winners of those primaries will move on to the November election. So that November election is going to be pretty ballot, uh, pretty long, and we want to make sure that everybody votes the down ballot. Always go through the whole ballot and make sure, very sure, that you're capturing uh, those races that are more local. Because honestly, all politics starts local, and I know certainly sitting on the city council uh, – you know, it wasn't the federal government that put masks on everybody. It was the school board members and it was the county commissions uh, that tried to do that. We didn't do that in Newberry, but in um, those entities, the city councils and the county council and the school board, those are the ones who are setting your tax rates. Those are the ones that are setting your regulations, your zoning categories and all those things. And so although the the presidential and the national gets a lot of the the headlines and the attention uh when the rubber meets the road it's really those lo- local races that have more of an immediate impact on your life and I encourage everybody to make sure that they not only get involved in local politics but if at a minimum you can just vote the down ballot uh when you get into that voting booth it would be much appreciated. Well, as we get closer to that the show of course will come back to that those issues on huh? Uh, and we'll try to help out with that. Any new districts that will be surprise configurations for people? You know, a lot of people come to me. I'm sure they come to you and say, geez, I thought I could vote for so-and-so. Anything that's going to be a surprise yeah. to some people? Well, one of our major initiatives is always uh, education. And um, it seems like it's a never-ending uh, cycle because you always come across folks who Actually, even people who are active in the party who don't know this nuance or that nuance. Um, thankfully, I don't think that we're going to have a whole lot of big changes uh, going into next year's election. You know, the 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 uh, single member districts, uh, those districts themselves geographically will actually all stay the same. 
Uh, and there won't be for a couple more cycles where those potentially could actually start changing and the geography changes. But, you know, Kim Barton uh, over at the supervisor of elections office uh, did redistricting a little bit, uh, I think, last year on last election, which kind of, you know, mix, mixed people up a little bit. The biggest frustration is a voter goes into the voting poll that they're used to going into and they're told, oh, well, you've been moved to precinct 40. You're not in 41 anymore. Well, it's a little bit of a, you know, you know, a time sensitive sort of thing when people are voting, particularly in the morning on their way to work or something like that. By the end of the day, they can't reorient and go to that other poll. So that's unfortunate. Uh, but, you know, to, to, to Kim Barton's credit, she actually does send out a lot of mail and a lot of email. Uh, that people just sort of kind of ignore as trash or as junk mail. Uh, But those things are important. Make sure you open that envelope and make sure, because she sent one to every voter last year, reminding them of the new precinct. And there was language in there that said, your precinct may have changed. And, you know, there's only so much you can do for people. They've got to take a little bit of ownership in the process. And that's one of the things that they certainly need to uh, pay attention to. It's on your voter card. You can look it up at the votealachua.gov website. You can just put in your address, and it can confirm all of your districts that you're uh, assigned to, whether it's you know the House district uh, for the state, the Senate district for the state. Of course, the the federal level uh, U.S. senators don't change. Uh, we're all in District Three here in Alachua County, which is Cat Camex District. Uh, but then you do have some of those uh, districts for the county commissions. Uh, you actually have districts for the school board, but they're not uh, applicable, much like what we used to do under the county commission. All of those races are currently at large. I don't know if that will change. I hope it does change uh, as well. But um, And then you, of course, have the city races. And all of those things, all of them have a little bit different map. And it's very, very, uh, you know, probably advantageous on your part to make sure of what districts you're in and what your voting polls are, because, you know, they do change uh, periodically, especially with the influx of people that we have coming into the county and the state at large. Those things sort of move around a little bit. So double check, double check. Votalachua.gov is the best source to go there. And not to get in the weeds here, but it's interesting that this issue has come up uh, in this uh, mm-hmm. GRU board. Uh, yeah. where the guys yeah, live and all that. Um, yep. geez, I, I, I got my own opinion about that and, uh, you know, what the definition of reside is and uh, who pays the GRU bill and all that. I don't know if you have anything you want to talk about on that right now, but, uh, it's interesting that that, um, I don't know, you know, I don't know how that slipped by. It seemed to surprise even Chuck and, uh, Ed Barsky. <clears throat> Yeah, well, um, there's, you know, there's a process. Uh, there's a portal to put all your information in. There's a process on the governance or the governor's side of where they and how they pick and choose. I recall, and I don't know the specifics, I recall the breakdown for the new board uh, did encourage uh, relationship to people who are living in the city and our GRU customers, uh, people who are living outside the city and are still you, uh, you GRU customers, and also people who are uh, 
actually, I think maybe that may be the the only two, and there may have been an at large. And then you add the component of well, let's hope hopefully some of these people who fit that criteria actually know something about power and know something about electricity, uh, because uh, it's not it's not simple. You have power cost adjustments, you have wholesale rates. Uh, you have all these little different things that you want to try to keep track of. And I know a good friend of mine, former mayor of Newberry, uh, uh, Mayor Bill Conrad, he actually applied. And uh, besides him and our current manager who came from Alachua, Mike New, uh, those two are the the most uh, educated on power and the, the, the governing elements of power across the state. They're, they're more knowledgeable than anybody I've ever I've ever met. I do actually work for GRU at one time. He did. He worked for GRU, and then I think he went to um, he went to Alachua. The Alachua, yeah, under utility um, sort right. of. When I was a city manager of when I was city manager of Archer, um, I took Mike with me to the GRU powers at B, and really got eighty sixth out of there. They didn't want to hear anything about it. Mm. You know, they didn't want to drag mm-hmm. power down to, to Archer. Um, and we were pretty knowledgeable. We had the ducks in a row, but it, it was really, that was before Ed was there. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty mm-hmm. stone deaf ear, um, bunch of people to talk to. And, um, so we didn't get anywhere with them, but that's how I had a relationship with Mike. He was then head of the, uh, utilities and all that at, uh, at city of Alachua. So we worked together on some. Yeah. Things. Oh, yeah, we're real, we're real fortunate in the city of Newberry. We Mike New was actually just awarded uh, the national award uh, for uh, it was basically it was, it was I'm sorry I apologize for not remembering it was a gentleman's name uh, I think it was something Hobart maybe award and it was given to the you know the 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 best <laughs> the best of the best. Uh, in the utility segment. Uh, so he actually won that award at their uh, annual conference uh, just a couple of months ago. And our own utility director, Jamie Jones, actually received what's called the Seven Hats Award. You know, in the small towns and small municipalities, everybody wears multiple hats. So it kind of is an homage to that. Uh, so we're real fortunate to have both of those award winners in uh, the city of Newberry. Well, when Mike was applying to be the city manager of Newberry, I was hoping you guys would pick him. Uh, I knew he was going to do a great job. A very that's uh, an interest. That's an interesting story we could get into sometime too. <laughs> I, would, I would, yeah. Well, well, we'll talk about that. But anyway, uh, uh, I knew he was solid and all that business, and do you a good job. Anything else you want to surprise us with about black tie? Well, <laughs> uh, as we said at the top of the hour, uh, our keynote speaker is Senate uh, South Dakota South Dakota Governor Christy Nome. Uh, but we actually just got word come down last night that our very own Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez will actually be joining us that night too. So that's kind of breaking news here as well. We're super excited. I have been trying to get her to Alachua County, I think since February. Ah. And, uh, it, fi- it finally took the 21st annual Ronald Reagan Black Tie Blue Jeans event, uh, to get her across the finish line and actually credit for that one. Uh, goes to uh, Stafford Jones. He was able to kind of 
put the bow on that package uh, for us. So uh, Stafford was, uh, let's give him the credit for getting the Lieutenant Governor here. Let's give Congressman Kamek's office uh, credit for getting the South Dakota Governor here. Uh, I think I was just behind the scenes with the needle. Hey, you got anything yet? Hey, you got anything (laughs) yet? Just sort of uh, keeping people on their toes. But it was, I mean, putting this event together is no small task. I could tell you that. It was probably... Yeah, uh, I, it's it was probably oh a hundred and fifty two hundred phone calls and emails uh, over the last six months trying to nail something down, and it was just the the dichotomy here is you either sort of get some a, a speaker who is in the political space uh, who won't, won't charge you anything because they're in office or something like that. Or you get some kind of C-list talent for $25,000. There's almost no in-between. It was incredible to me. And I'm kind of looking at the numbers going, man, this is a little, this is a little struggle for me to, to kind of justify, especially being on an off election year. Uh, you don't really expect a whole lot of people kind of plugged in those election years, like last year when we had Governor DeSantis, uh, when, you know, those were crazy, but I was very hesitant of really you know, that sort of an expense uh, for an off-year election. But, you know, goodness, I think we've really hit it out of the park here to uh, on, on this one. That's going to be amazing. And it's going to be October 12th. It's going to be at the Leg- Legacy Center doors at 5. And the program, I'm a stickler, the program starts at 7 o'clock. So, and uh, we should be out of there by 9 o'clock. So it's not an all-night affair. You're not going to be there listening to speakers droning on and on or anything like that. It's going to be a great time. And as you mentioned, the food is going to be spectacular. We have hired uh, Hills Barbecue. And get this, we are going to feature four different buffets each one having their own chef-carved whole hog. Oh, God, uh, yeah, come on. Come on, no, man. I, I kid you not, whole hog, uh, sweet tea, all the sides and everything. Yeah. It's going to be uh, going to be fantastic. And for the non-pork eaters, uh, we'll have yeah. uh, chicken breasts. Chicken breasts for them. <laughs> uh, but Mike Hill was really kind of explaining how they do their carving. And, oh, man, it's pretty exciting. I've I've smoked a few whole hogs in my day. And every time we have a party with one of those, uh, it's just a big hit. So I'm really looking forward uh, to that element of of the event. They're actually going to bring their whole big train smoker that they have. We're going to put it out front, and we're actually going to have one just sitting in there on display. So we're going to have that as a great photo photo op for people. Uh, I think we've got Polaris coming out. They're going to bring some of their little toys out for display. Uh, we're going to have a, an antique Ford. So even before you get into the element, the stage is kind of getting set for you uh, as you walk in with a couple of different photo options. The Newberry Criminal Justice Program is going to help us park cars. Good. We're going to have a, we're going to have a couple of shuttles from Polaris, a couple six p uh, six person golf carts, kind of shuttling people back and forth from the parking lot, and. Uh, I, I don't know. I could go on. I got a couple other things I'll maybe we can touch on on the other side of the break, give people a little bit of reason to come back, right? That's right. That's right. Talking with Tim Martin, who is wearing many, many more hats, by golly, nowadays. He's a Newberry City Commissioner. He's also chair of the Lotter County Republican Party. Got a lot. You haven't talked too much about the role you've got with the John Birch Society. Uh, that's also a hat yeah. you wear, right? And the biggest, most, is. most important hat is he subs he's co-pilot he subs for me pitch hits for me when i'm uh 
too old to answer the bell. So uh, got to have a Tim Martin. I can tell you that right now. You just got to have him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we're going to be putting up yeah. some ads here on the po- on the uh, uh, page here in a little bit. You'll be able to see the prices and all that. And, uh, of course, you can uh, uh, contact him. I'll probably we'll put a contact number up for him in a little bit, I'm sure. And uh, don't contact sure. me because I don't know anything about anything. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I got Tim this morning to kind of uh, bail me out here and cover my uh, spots where I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, um, it's uh, yeah. good stuff that we have the Legacy Center in Alachua uh, to have an event like this. Man, what a beautiful setting. If you haven't been there, listeners, viewers, you need to go there. It's, um, first of all, the rolling countryside of the city of Alachua is beautiful. Not to, not to knock Newberry, but <laughs> Newberry has its own assets. And for years we had it in Newberry. At the uh, question yes. center there, but uh, it's moved yeah. over here now to uh, to uh, to Alachua. So um, we have some news here. We will bring it back to you again if you haven't heard it. Uh, Senator Dion Feinstein is dead at ninety. Um, we may be able to scramble around and have a conversation about what all that implies. Although you know we haven't researched it, uh, Tim may know some of it off the top of his head. Also, don't we have a moment where we're going to have our very own Wednesday co-host? You know that who that is. Uh, also, speaking at your event, uh, our event, uh, Tim, Ted. That is true. Uh, production had the graphic up there just a couple of minutes ago, uh, and we are going to have our very own homegrown uh, Ward Scott Files uh, guest here, the former congressman. Ted Yoho, uh, he was really excited. He was actually one of the first people on board, so I want to give uh, kudos and thanks to Ted for accepting that invite very, very early on. Uh, he was he was a fo- he was a one phone call kind of guy. Ted, can you do it? I'm there. I'll be there for you, no problem. And that uh, that was it. So you know, he was one of the first. And if you looked on the graphic as well, you'll see Senator Scott. He's actually going to be our opening speaker. So Senator Scott will be our opening speaker. Uh, he was also one of the first people to uh, agree to come. And then we we're going to have Kat Kemak, our current congresswoman there. She's very excited about that. We're going to have Christy Nome. And as you just heard a couple moments ago, the lieutenant governor for the state of Florida, Jeanette Nunez, who is a wonderful uh, poise lady. Uh, you know, I just love her. And like I said, I've been trying to get her here uh, in Alachua County since February, and we finally got her across the finish line with the help of our state committee man, uh, Stafford Jones. Well, that's wonderful news. The event has really been, uh, um, boy, it's, it's tough to organize. And I'll bet you it's probably organized as better or well as it's ever been done if Tim's doing it, because this is a, this is an organized gentleman here. I can tell you that. And, you know, the thing about Ted, I got to share this with you. Know this. He is as steady as, um, can be. If he says he's going to be there, he's there. Uh, every Wednesday yep. he's been on the show, no matter where he is in the world. He's been on the show from Mongolia. Uh, he's been on the show from Vietnam. Um, you name it. And he, he's been on the show from the Reagan International Airport in DC. Um, it, you know, he, he is, he is a believer, Tim, in what we're doing with the podcast. And, um, I'm very, very happy to see him on the, on the speaker's agenda because he, uh, he is definitely understands what at stake in this country. And what kind of 
teamwork it's going to take to confront the crap and the BS that we have to deal with all the time. Um, yeah, it's 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 yeah. amazing. Yeah, and he knows where the skeleton is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he certainly does. You know, the South Dakota governor actually served with Ted in Congress. I believe she served until uh, from 2007 to 2019 in two different capacities, one in an actual specified district. And then I guess South Dakota has an at-large district and before she was elected for the first term in 2019. But she actually won in 22 with 62 percent of the vote, which was, you know, pretty Pretty amazing. And uh, I'll, I'll give you credit, Ward. I've kind of taken your lead with the whole podcasting thing. You know, the Alachua County Republican Party, we started a podcast uh, to really target the young conservatives here in Alachua County. It's called Youth Bombs. We, you know, we took a, t- a, a take on truth bombs. We crossed out the truth and we put youth. Uh, so the show is Youth Bombs and you can check it out on some of our social media on just look for that in social media. It'll be there. We're starting to build that out with episodes. We're going to do some more recording tomorrow, uh, but it's been a fantastic start to get young people in, involved. It's youth bombs, the, uh, the young, the, the conservative voice for youth in Alachua County and the, the college age recently graduated are really kind of taking to that and really kind of, you know, making it their own. And I'm just happy to, see and i'm really proud to see them being involved and and kind of making it their own but they're actually going to be at black tie blue jeans as well we're going to set up a kind of a little makeshift studio there and uh, do some do some recording have some commentary going on so we'll we'll have that out at black tie blue jeans also so it's you know there's going to be something for everybody out there and i encourage everybody to go to alachua county or alachuarepublicans.com under the events tab, you'll see the 21st annual and just click through there to uh, to grab those tickets. We're already sold out of uh, the gold tickets or excuse me, the gold tables, uh, but there are some left. I don't know that they're going to last much more than a week. Uh, so make sure you get in there uh, early and uh, get your tickets. You know, and if you ever need if there's uh, uh, programs recorded, if you ever need uh, to get a lift from us. Uh, we could run those as a best of and uh, network in with you to try to give um, a little diversity to to the audience because uh, our audience is, as you know, is probably middle age up. That's the people who listen to us, who care about mm-hmm. you know what we do and say because they're voting and they're you know all the, all that kind of business. So anyway, we can talk sure. about it. that's a possibility. We're coming up on the bottom of the hour break here sure. with a great. Uh, uh, sponsor for our show, Wendell Lewis at Lewis Oil. And I'll do Ward's Weather right on the other side of those ads. Be right back. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are 
crime prevention security systems large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to Ward's Weather, brought to you by Lewis Oil. Chevron stations with Wendell Lewis support those Chevron stations. Hey, we're going to be in for rain here on the peninsula. It looks as if uh, there are just uh, some uh, atmospheric situations that are creating some tropical storm formation uh, in the northwestern Caribbean uh, to the southeastern part of the Gulf of Mexico, and the waters are just east of Florida. So um doesn't say hurricane, but it does say rain and storms and a tropical depression. So uh, get ready. Uh, it's uh, always bringing in the fall like this, when it brings that kind of rain, behind it is bringing the cooler fall temperatures. It's uh, just the way nature works. And unfortunately, we can't control climate change. Do you understand? I can't, I can't stop the sun from moving <laughs> up and forth, back and forth on the horizon. Can you? Well, maybe if I sold my... Internal combustion automobile, I could. Wow. You believe that? We got swamp land in, uh, I don't know, someplace for you to, for you to buy. Well, Tim is with me today. He's a great, uh, pinch hitter for me. And today he's really taking the lead because he's up on so many things that are purview to his different hats as chair of the Republican party, organizer of black tie blue jean and on and on and on. Newberry City Commissioner. So a couple of things we'll talk about. Diane Feinstein uh, dying just a little bit ago. We got the news. Tim, anything you can speculate on how this uh, might affect uh, uh, the Senate, for example? Well, it's, it's certainly uh, a sad day for the body of the U.S. Senate uh, anytime they lose a member. Uh, Diane Feinstein, uh, you know, he, Say what you will. I'm sure she has served her constituency well 
in uh, those who had voted for her. You know, they certainly want the things that she sort of uh, emblemized and exemplified. Uh, she's, as you said earlier, she's 90 years old. Uh, it's certainly going to take out one of the institutional pillars of the U.S. Senate. Um, am I terribly disappointed that she physically is no longer in the Senate as a Democrat. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not so you know disappointed in that. Uh, I think she has sort of, um, you know, been there a little too long. I, I don't believe that members should be there as long as some of them are. Uh, and I also believe that you know, the youth will bring a little bit of uh, change and at 90 years old, almost anybody that will be appointed to fulfill the rest of her term uh, will certainly be younger than her. I, I also suspect that uh, under California law or California rules, the governor, in this case, Gavin Newsom, will be appointing her replacement. Uh, I suspect they also will fulfill the rest of her term uh, unless they have some sort of caveat that says if there's more than half of the term left or some other uh, you know, litmus test for time frame, if there is a certain amount of time left on the term, they are forced to have a special uh, a special election. It'd be kind of curious, you know, Larry Elder, if you recall, just tried to unseat and recall Gavin Newsom, the governor. He lost in that battle. Now he's actually in the presidential uh, chase as well, but he's not making the stage for a number of reasons. Uh, it'll be kind of curious to see if maybe if there is that trigger where you have to have a special election, whether he uh, gets himself out of the presidential race and decides to uh, run for that U.S. Senate seat, because I, if I if I recall correctly, he actually gave Gavin Newsom a run for his money. He obviously has a hundred percent name ID in the state of California, and uh, it could be it could be an option for him because uh, as much as I love Larry Elder, I, you know I think. You know his chances of getting that presidential nomination are are pretty pretty weak at this point. Well, we don't know exactly how this will unfold timeline, but uh, you'll be hearing a lot about it the rest of the day. Locally, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. we've got a, a race going on that Tim knows a lot about, and I know very little mm -hmm. about, and that's High Springs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what can you so tell us about in that? High Springs. Well, uh, High Springs, uh, many, some of the viewers may know, uh, the commission just voted four to one to increase the property taxes in High Springs. <laughs> so, uh, that's a huge, massive By quite a bit, number. Too, right. By quite a it's, bit. It's a massive number. And it's, it's calculated based on the rollback rate. Uh, the incumbents are trying to downplay that, uh, particularly Commissioner Ross Ambrose. He's trying to downplay that and say it's only 16%. Well, he's kind of going from the old millage rate to the new millage rate, which is a, a one mil increase. Uh, but you and I both know that the tr more truer number, I guess we could call it, is that rollback rate, which will uh, ensure the same amount of tax dollars go to the city that they did the year before. Uh, so that gets usually marked down from the current millage rate, particularly if a, if a city or a body is in sort of growth phase, which High Springs certainly is. Uh, but so there's two seats that are available, uh, Commissioner Ross Ambrose and Commissioner, who's actually the mayor in their system, uh, Gloria Williams. Uh, they're both up for election, and uh, there's two challengers. 
uh, Andrew Miller and Steve Tapanis. Now, Steve Tapanis actually has sat on the, uh, the, the planning zoning board there for High Springs, and he's challenging the mayor. Andrew Miller, uh, he is challenging Ross Ambrose. And I tell you, if the debate was any indication that I attended on Wednesday night, um, I think Drew and Steve Tapanis both have uh, a really good shot at unseating these two incumbents. And the dynamics that will kind of change there is we already have a great commissioner up there, a great conservative. Uh, her name is Catherine White. Uh, she was the lone voice voting against that property tax increase there, uh, which actually occurred just this past Monday night. So the, the vote happened Monday night. They had this debate on Wednesday night, and here we are Thursday. So all of this has happened kind of in the, in the span of a week. But uh, both incumbents, I'm not going to say they got jeers, but they got a whole lot less applause Wednesday night during the debate uh, than the two challengers any time that they had spoke. So I'm real optimistic. Uh, if those two get elected, of course, we have uh, Catherine Weitz as an incumbent there already. That'll actually swing the board three to two. Uh, well, and I shouldn't say the two are completely you know, let's call them Democrats and the other three are Republicans because they don't know really where they're, they're, they totally stand. But we'll certainly have three solid conservatives who share a lot of the values that we do on the board in High Springs. And honestly, as I'm kind of on the outside looking in with some institutional knowledge of how the job should be done and, and how a really good city can be run, uh, I see some certain it challenges, if you want to be politically correct, there in High Springs that really, really need attention, and they just have been completely ignored over the last probably decade in High Springs. They've got themselves in a real pickle from an infrastructure standpoint, uh, and this commission just passed a housing development with 2,500 homes on the southeast side of the city. And they're not ready for any of that. I think they got a little ahead of their skis by voting for that. Mind you, I, you know, I'm awfully very challenged by kind of dictating from a city commission dais what somebody can and can't do with their land. Uh, but I think there probably could have been some room there to go to the landowner and the developer and say, you know, how, how are we going to solve this problem? Because you can't do what you want to do with your land until we solve this. Uh, infrastructure problem you know then they had the wall dogs issue a couple of months ago with the paintings on the murals uh they've got a solar project in there that's kind of getting stuff down their throat by duke and i listened to the incumbent commissioners and they're just wrong ward they're wrong about their interpretations of some of the rules and the law for instance uh wednesday night the two incumbents ambrose and williams were hell-bent on the fact that we had to pass the budget by law on Monday night. There was no option. We just had to pass it. That's not true. If you fail to pass a budget by October 1, you just continue the budget that you had in place to begin with until you can actually pass one. Yes, there is sort of that finish line that you want to get to, uh, but the sky is not falling, you know, the, the the lights aren't going to turn off and the traffic lights go dim just because you don't make that October 1 deadline. And they kept talking about, oh, well, you know, the prior commissions, they didn't do anything and we had to have this price hike and we didn't have anywhere to cut. Well, they all have the same amount of time to look at the budget. And Catherine White's 
she found $200,000 uh, in just a couple of hours. And then they refused to even have the discussion on Monday night. And you know how frustrating that can possibly be uh, in the political s- s- realm when you're not even, I mean, for goodness sakes, you're not even willing to have a, a conversation. It may not even result in a debate, but you're so afraid that you can't even have the conversation. And it's it's where... You know, it's it's where you shine the light on a lot of these people. Um, they're kind of like cockroaches. You know, they don't like the light being turned on in the room. And I hate to be that drastic, but they don't like to be questioned. They don't like to be uh, confronted. They don't like to be even shown that there are other options. And I'm, as I'm sitting in that debate on Wednesday, uh, it just it just struck me that they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, part of it is just ignorance and lack of education, uh, but a, a, a bit of it is spin. Uh, and, you know, I just don't, I just don't care for that kind of stuff. And I think the, the citizens of High Springs, and I'm not even living there, uh, deserve better than what they have right now. And I hope that they go to the polls on November 7th and vote for Drew Miller and Steve Tapanis to get those two seats. Well, you know, it's, um, the city of Alachua and the city of Newberry have got their act together. And I really can't yeah. speak for the yeah. evolution of that in Newberry, but we went the, through problems in Alachua and we prevailed. I mean, we we got common sense in there. We got um, yeah. some good decision makers in there. Um, and I have to say that I was involved with some of that heavy lifting way back. But, you know, it's not yeah. – it, it, it's not to say that cities don't go through this, but it's sure. really a test right now for High Springs because if they come through it the way you want them to, High Springs will blossom. You know, it will be another part of the necklace, if you will, around that side of the county beginning. Well, really, it goes in a way all the way over to La Crosse. Uh, don't yep. leave little old Lake Cross out of it, you know. Um, they come around to sure. the and we swing around, but we we kind of go through High Springs to get to Newberry. And uh, mm-hmm. then we go down to Archer. So Archer and High Springs, somehow, some way, you know, <laughs> have, have, need to be brought up to snuff. And it's a struggle. It's, I know the struggle personally in Archer. It is... Um, Probably my mother said it best when I was a city manager down there. I brought my mother down uh, to to Archer. We came down on the weekend. It was kind of quiet. She was about 101 then, I guess, very alert. We pulled into town, Tim, and she had this candid nature to her, enhanced by old age, you know. Pulled into town, I said, Mother, this is Archer. And she says, why my? This little town doesn't have enough money to be a town. And it was basically it. That was basically Mm -hmm. it. It had no source of money other than the water meters. And the water meters didn't read properly. I had to get a grant to bring the water meters up to snuff because anytime a citizen came in and challenged this bill, we couldn't dispute it. We didn't know whether right. the meter was right, whether it was a leak, you know, what the heck. And um, yeah, 
the city was being abused by egotistical city commissioners who didn't know the rules and would fire any manager who told them the rules. Uh, that's kind of what's happening there, I think. That that is that's kind of a phase they go through when they don't want to admit yeah. that they don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah, I could tell you so many stories about that, but I got to tell you that being the city manager of a city, no matter the size of the city, really, is like going to Harvard MBA school because yeah. the moment you're handed the keys as a city manager, you are in charge of everything. Everything. Yeah. You have the keys to everything. And that's not the difficult part of handling the staff. The difficult part Mm -hmm. is handling the commissioners. But you've got a wonderful kind of moment in the sun where you got Mike and you got you guys. And not that you have to agree lock step, but you can converse and you know what you're talking about. That's my yeah, take. and we do we do disagree. Yeah, we do disagree, um, and we are able to have adult conversations and have the back and forth about it, and not it not not have it come off as as personal. And you know what's going on in High Springs right now? I don't. I you know, there's there's a sort of little bit of an element of you've got a few people who think they're the big fish in the in the small pond. When you add an element of lack of knowledge onto that, uh, and then you have sort of some of the older tenured people within the town in those folks' ears and sprinkle in a little bit of arrogance, that can be a really bad mix because they start looking in the mirror and thinking that person has all of the answers. And the reality is, um, you know, government is, is generally the problem. Uh, and you have government that's creating the problem and the solution in the, in the same laboratory. And that's just such a bad, bad, bad mix. And it really boils down to also if government just focused on what it's supposed to be focusing on, those delegated powers, all of the noise, all of the social engineering, all the friction that comes out of that – just disappears. And I think we've done uh, a, a good job of that in Newberry. We've pushed all of that stuff aside. We just focus on the basics. And as a result, we, ha- we have a town with 8,500 people all in with the, even with the utilities, it's a $43 million budget. Uh, we focus on about five things and we meet for about four hours a month as a commission, maybe five. Wow. If, you know, if there's something a little bit uh, more involved happening, but it's because we're not focusing on all that stuff. As a city commissioner, my job is to sit at the front of the ship with my fellow commissioners and look out over the horizon and chart a course together. We hire the city manager to sit back at the rudder with his staff and his uh, department heads to grab a hold of that rudder and to steer it in the in that charted course that we have set out in the best, most efficient way possible. So they handle the day-to-day, they handle the heavy lifting on our behalf, and we just sit at the front of the boat and, and, and chart the course and point the direction. Every once in a while, we tack here and we tack there, uh, but that's really the, the dynamic. But what you have in too many governments today, Ward, is you have commissioners who want to be out at the front of the boat oh, yeah. and they want to be back at the rudder. And you've got to 
you've got to let professionals do their job and get the hell out of the way. And that's what we do in Newberry. We've got some of the best people in the area. I will put our staff up to any staff anywhere. We've got some of the best people on that rudder. So just let them do their job. You pay them very well. They work their tail off. Let them do their job and get out of their way because I don't know how to run a utility. I don't know how to change out a meter. I don't know how to climb a ladder and put out a fire. Let the professionals that you hired do that job and just get out of their way. I can't say it enough. Absolutely. And on my end of the the, uh, agreement, what I determined was helpful to those of you who were charting the uh, course, if you will, was to keep you all informed because you had other things during the day to do. So I never told one commissioner what I didn't tell them all. And because I didn't want anybody coming to me and say, well, you told Johnny, but you didn't tell me, you know, no, I I told them, you know, this is what you can expect to be your conflict when you guys get down to talking. Uh, Right. This is what I'm hearing. And I gave them, and I learned this from Clovis Watson, who was the manager of Alachua, who came through the most contentious moment in Alachua City history when we were going from kind of the old boys running the town to a professional organization with an actual planning and development department. Boy, now you don't think that didn't cause a stir? I mean, uh, you know, and we had some great, we had a great commissioner, and that was James Lewis. He 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 was a commissioner for 40 years, Tim. And the thing I learned mm. from James Lewis, he could change his mind. He would listen. He wouldn't. <laughs> and he wasn't intractable. But he, yeah. by golly, when he was convinced it was the right thing to do, he got other people on board. He was responsible, actually, for setting up Alachua to grow by running the infrastructure out to where he knew it would need to be eventually. Visionary. Uh, uh, I, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Visionary. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's very, it's very important. All those things are very, very important. And uh, if you are doing your job right as a city commission, uh, in our case, it's, it allows the businesses to thrive. It allows the citizens to thrive. Uh, gosh, we have such a great community in Newberry. And uh, I'd really attribute a lot of it to be being that there's just not that social friction that comes out of city hall. And I, we, you know, we fight against that uh, happening. And so far it's really served us very, very well. And I just hope that high Springs can see the benefit of that on the other side of this, uh, because, uh, well, as you said, they'll be able to be much better off. It's sort of the, you know, you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet, I suppose, uh, kind of analogy, but it is sort of, uh, like that right now. And I remember when we went through it 10 years ago in Newberry, uh, we had to get rid of a lot of people, uh, to be able to get to where we are today, but it was so worth it. Very, very, very worth it. One of the things I helped fight behind the scenes for Newberry was the way in which, uh, traffic through the town was counted. It was a term mm-hmm. for it. I've forgotten the term now, but, um, uh, Barley loved that. See, Barley used that to keep Newberry from growing and getting it together. Uh, by, yeah. you know, in other words, if we count all the cars that come through Newberry as yep. using Newberry, when you know how many people come through Newberry from other counties because of the county commission taxes, 
why should that count sure. as traffic against Newberry? I'm, I'm balking on sure. the name of that, but uh, we got that changed. We got that stopped. Trip so, count. Trip count. Well, it was trip count. I had another word to it. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. And we got to wait. Change like that. a we concurrency? Huh? Concurrency element or something? Concurrency like element. Concurrency element. Yeah. Okay. Concurrency. And we got that changed because it was deliberately being, get this, I learned so much about the diabolical way in which the county commission worked. Uh, it, the county commission was using that to stop the small cities from growing. And it uh, affected, so they couldn't do it to Lacho because that's a federal highway, but they could do it right, to right. you guys. And, and, uh, right. and, and, you know, they didn't care what happened to, to Archer. They could, who could care? They care less. They could keep it from, they could strangle it by keeping it on septic tanks, which they, it still is. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a master's degree yeah, from I mean, Harvard. It, it is. It really is. And you think about, uh, like I was going to say back earlier, it's really the local government body that impacts your life the most. Uh, here we've just gone on for another 30 minutes about that. And it's it, it it really is. I mean, you get the government that you show up for, and that happens not just at election time, but it happens throughout the year at a lot of these races. And I know we're kind of running out of time here. You you and I could probably talk all day uh, <laughs> about this. <laughs> well, wrap it up for us. We got the black tie blue jean. We'll wrap up with that. And uh, appreciate you coming by and stopping in with me. Yeah, um, I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and uh, kind of. Uh, talk about this. It's a great event. It's the 21st annual uh, Ronald Reagan Black Tie Blue Jeans uh, fundraiser barbecue for the Alachua County Republican Party. I, spe- I suspect there's probably going to be uh, close to 850, 900 people wow. uh, at this event. And uh, we have none other than South Dakota Governor Christy Nome coming in as our headline speaker. And as we just broke this morning here on the Ward Scott Files uh, we got word last night that our wonderful Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez is also going to be joining us. Uh, fellow speakers are going to also be Senator, U.S. Senator Rick Scott, uh, Representative Kat Kamek, and the very own uh, Ward Scott Files guest himself, former Congressman Ted Yoho, the Wednesday co-anchor, I guess you could say, uh, uh-huh. of the show. Really looking forward to seeing him and uh, our uh podcasters from youth bombs check them out on social media uh, they're going to be there broadcasting uh, and we're just really looking forward hills barbecue is doing the catering for whole hogs but you haven't seen one of those in a while oh, we're boy. gonna have four of them uh double-sided buffets we're gonna put, put a lot of people through and just have a great night doors at five and the program sharp, uh, sharp starts at seven o'clock uh, so make sure you're in your seat by seven o'clock if uh if you're not there, uh, you're going to really, really miss out. Go over to LalachuaRepublicans.com under the events tab or the pop-up. Click through and grab your tickets today. They will sell out. Uh, we are already probably close to 50% sold out internally uh, before this even started hitting the, the public uh, starting today, really starting today. Well, Tim, thanks a lot. And we're going to wish you and everybody else a great weekend. Maybe a little soggy, but that's okay. We need it. And we got autumn coming. So... We'll have some fun with that, too, eventually. Hey, take care, everybody. Warthog Command Center out.